0: Well, good afternoon. Here it is. It's Friday, a great day for talk radio, and uh, there is a lot of grist for the mill today. I got to be honest with you. Man, as much as you think you're going to prepare stuff in the morning, uh, by afternoon, it gets wiped away.
1: There you go. And
0: replaced with even juicier stuff. Live radio. Unbelievable how that works. Well, yeah, we've got a couple of stories from press conferences this afternoon, not least of which is this pipe bomber or alleged has been arrested in florida and he's got an extensive criminal history dating back to 1991 that includes felony theft drug and fraud charges as well as being arrested and accused of uh... threatening i don't know numerous people so this guy (laughs) (laughs) he, he was arrested again last time was 2015 uh... what's interesting you know He's traveling around in a white van, Mm -hmm. the windows of which were plastered with a thick collage of pro-Trump stickers. There were photos of the van that showed one of the stickers depicted Trump standing in front of flames and the American flag. Another was of Hillary Clinton's face in the crosshairs of a rifle scope. And a third that said, CNN sucks. And I'm saying to myself, you know, uh, if this guy had profiled any differently... You might say mental illness. (laughs) It's all over the Mm van, if that's the van. Well, but the point is, uh, you know, the fact that there are these things attached to it, it's a plug-and-play narrative for folks on the left, and for many that's just synonymous with the mainstream media, to go off on saying that Trump has brought this upon America, or certainly the characters that have been, The targets, let's say, of these devices that, in a lot of cases, had no hope of ever detonating. As a matter of fact, I don't know that it, well, none of them did. But that's not to uh, exculpate this guy. It's just to say, it's funny how this will get played up in the media. And going forward, you might want to just put up whatever, the filter to understand how it is being played up. Because, well, everybody from CNN to the New York Times describing... uh, the targets of these people as the critics of Donald Trump, which is analogous to saying that, you know, basically uh, Trump brought this about indirectly or directly or however you might see it. Now, I don't know, uh, as I'm pointing out, or it could just be somebody who's mentally unstable, but, you know, and we would use that excuse in cases of people Uh, Let's say of different backgrounds rather than jumping to conclusions and saying, well, why did they choose this particular neighborhood to shoot that up? You know, and uh, well, because mental illness, you know, that's kind of an interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's just me trying to process information on the fly here. Now,
2: (laughs) you've got to have something loose to go to no length to make yourself inconspicuous.
0: Well, yeah, basically, uh, you know, and this is what lends itself to these conspiracy theories that believe this guy is a false flag operative or something. I mean, how could you make it more obvious? He's driving up and down Main Street, leaning on the horn, and he's got speakers out the windows saying, you know, hey, Trump uh, is the greatest. CNN sucks. You wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily see him as a suspect now, would you? Come on, man. Uh, so the guy, you know, I'm guessing he's not right in the head. Number one. Who would be? I mean, if you're sending these devices, you know, even if you're so enamored of Trump or you believe that the left are evil incarnate, it doesn't make any sense that you would take these kinds of measures as, what, somehow being a form of political protest? I mean, come on. But that's... Something that we'll have to chew down on in the ensuing days and weeks ahead because the FBI, they say they've got their man or believe they have, certainly, and uh, it seems like there's en- enough incriminating evidence, including fingerprints, that would dial back into the dude. You know, the other thing, I hate to point this out because there are some folks who are, you know, trying to get by in life, but usually they're in their 20s and 30s when they live at home. This guy is like 56 and he lived with mom. That's actually on the FBI arrest sheet lives with mom, which is the greatest indignity of all, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, there's a portrait that, uh, or a profile you can sort of start to cobble together here. (laughs) Yet, you know, the van uh, will be front and center to a narrative that will take, well, it's already taken hold, that the people targeted all were critical of Trump. Ergo, this guy was acting at the behest of the whipped-up rhetoric from the Trumpians, or the Donald himself, and he just decided to act as the shock troops for, you know, the Trump blowback. I don't know. I just see it, uh, you know, if we're going to ascribe mental illness to a lot of people in other circumstances, then why not this time around? Or is that missing some point here, the larger point? You know, I don't want to politicize this, but (laughs) it, it could just be a simple case of mental illness. Guy's 56, lives in Aventura, Florida, which is just north of Miami. A lovely place. I'm going there next month, actually. Yeah, the Aventura Mall is uh, one of the biggest malls in America. <sighs> I'm not going to the mall per se. Yeah, I'm not going to Florida. We have so. malls here, John. Yeah, so I can shop, you know. Not
1: like in Florida. Sure,
0: way in Yorkdale aren't doing it for me. I go to, no. you know, it's around American Thanksgiving, and uh, sure. I like go on a golf tournament down there and uh, Good you know, golfing. play across the street there at uh, Turnbury. This is where uh, I th- I think it's kind of interesting that this is an overt or obvious connection that's being made here. Whereas then you've got the Sherman case. That was the other story that came out with a news mm. conference today. Uh, the team of private investigators led by Brian Greenspan, the noted attorney, defense attorney, uh, he's been heading this up since uh, late last year because uh, the family weren't buying what the police were selling—that it was a murder-suicide—and so now, uh, you know. The police finally did come around to seeing it their way and they retracted the murder-suicide but it seemed after several weeks had passed they were willing to accept it was a double homicide and nobody's been found yet or you know charged it's not like this guy down in Florida otherwise you'd find a white van with the signs all over it I hate Apotex generic drugs suck that, that, that kind it. of thing
1: yeah has not been found
0: no Uh, And so what they're doing is offering a 10 million dollar reward. Now, I don't know if that's going to do anything. 10 million dollars is a a lot of jack, but it looks to me, uh, you know, when you talk to people, this is something approximating a professional hit. No signs of entry into the home. Although, interestingly enough, where are the police in this? And I know the chief is supposed to give a statement here later this afternoon. I'm curious to see what that is so that we can jump all over it because there are some who are implicating the, the Toronto police force for being shoddy in doing their work on this, uh, right? At, you know, in the initial stages is where you tend to glean the most evidence when it's fresh.
1: Right, first 24 hours, first 12 hours immediately, right? There's a, there's a lot of information. And yeah, we go back over this case and it's, uh, I find it fascinating because there's so many facets to it. But the fact that there's no, um, you know, evidence that was able to be used, that there's there's no um, suspects,
0: well, yeah, but the Toronto police, right off the hop, says there were no signs of forced entry into the home and they were not looking for suspects. And they also floated the narrative that they believe Barry Sherman may have killed his wife before taking his own life. And that's where the family said, uh-uh, we don't accept that. That's not the way they rolled. So what we're doing is uh, hiring our own investigator, if you will. This is uh, Brian Greenspan, who in turn uh, hired a lot of different uh, retired Type of forensic experts and police, uh, ex-police officers, homicide intelligence detectives from the Toronto Police Service, a former forensics expert from the Ontario Provincial Police to conduct a parallel investigation. And that's where the Toronto Police had to recant because it looked like they had missed some key evidence early on. And then, you know, you've got this latest story through the CBC where the real estate agent who... Um, Well, what happened was one of them, there were two agents involved, but one was showing a couple, a Chinese-Canadian couple, the home on Old Colony Road, and, you know, after touring the bulk of the home, they went down to the pool area and only looked through the glass and saw what they thought at the time were like uh, mannequins or something approximating humans, sort of, you know, tied up or, you know, in this prone position by the pool and uh, from a Tethered to a pool railing. They thought it was a late Halloween joke. I mean, it's like a month and a half after Halloween. But this was where uh, this real estate agent uh, was kind of creeped out, but they didn't pursue it further. But then another agent who was in the home at the same time called 911, and that's when the cop showed up. So that was like uh, they ascertained it was maybe a day and a half later because the last time the Shermans were seen. Uh, publicly, and wearing the clothes that they were found in it was on a Wednesday, and this particular day was a Friday. But what the agent said was it was at least a week or two after police first started investigating the deaths uh that they reached out to him and his clients. The real estate agent said that it was you know a week or two, and this person was one of those who first discovered the bodies or saw and didn't realize what he had seen like a week or two later. <laughs>
2: Who's uh, hmm. memories start to fade? Let's go. Well,
0: yeah, but really, why even? I mean, this would be the principal person you would first want to investigate, like right off the hop.
1: The first real witnesses of of the, you know, the, the situation of the crime scene.
0: Well, and, and then according to the reports from the CBC, they reached out to the Toronto cops to ask why investigators seemingly waited for up to two weeks before interviewing potentially key witnesses inside the Sherman home at the time. And the Toronto Police response was, uh, those are details a service cannot discuss. (laughs) Really? Cannot or uh, wish not to. There's a whole lot of accountability here missing. And my question is, uh, I'm kind of curious to see what Saunders has to say in response. Because this does not look good on them. We knew it at the time that they had to recant number one. But the question is, should heads be rolling because of the way that this, it looks on the face of it anyway. Prima facie. Uh, Evidence shows that uh, the cops bungled the scene. They missed out. Am I missing something? This is my, let's call it layperson's interpretation of things. And then the uh, real estate agent says to CBC, the police contacted him again recently, recently asking him to come in for fingerprinting. However, he hasn't yet been told uh, when or where that'll happen. Are you kidding me? Ten months later? Dude who was on the scene had access to the home through the lockbox or something else. They're going to print that person
2: now whose fingerprints are all over the home and they would have to be able to distinguish at the time.
0: Well, I, you know, you hate to be critical sometimes because I guess it's a t- But seriously, uh, this seems slipshod to me at best. And so the family's personal investigative team led by Brian Greenspan offering a $10 million reward. Now, man, you can make it 50. I don't know that they're ever going to find these dudes. Too much time has gone by. Seems like a professional hit. You know, the speculation from people with whom I've discussed this, you know, not that they're necessarily in the know or experts in the field, but, you know, just looking at past occasions where these kinds of things have happened, usually professional killers are gone, you know within hours hours. they're out of the country or something like
2: that they don't drive a van covered in propaganda down the road no
0: no that's what I'm saying you know there's a distinction between these two types of heinous crimes Uh, one guy was rather overt and probably easily caught Uh, I might even suggest to you that he was so overt uh, he might have eluded capture or suspicion because nobody in their right minds would have said are you kidding me Uh, this guy no can't be this is just too obvious Let's go looking a little deeper than this. And on the other hand, with the Sherman case, uh, this one is confounding even the private investigators, although they're putting up $10 million, and uh, in the same manner, they're kind of indicting the Toronto Police Service for having done a bad job initially in the very crucial initial stages. So the question becomes, what will Chief Saunders have to say in response this afternoon at some point? We hope to hear from him. But I'm just wondering, now, if this is... Case of not fingerprinting some of the folks in the immediate aftermath who might have, you know, been present in the home at least. Doesn't that tell you that this was a slipshod operation? Isn't there something that for which they should be held accountable?
1: Well, and with the home being, you know, up for sale, it really opens up the opportunity for a lot of strangers to make their way through the home under the guise of, you know, buying, and that could also make. People in the area or people involved with the sale the home less suspicious. Oh, well, that's someone that's possibly involved in the, the selling of the, the Sherman home. It opens up the door to tons of strangers when you sell your home.
0: Well, there you go. opens the door because there are no signs of forced entry to the home, according to the police. Mm-hmm. And they're not looking for suspects. Mm-hmm. So is it possible somebody obvious under their noses? You would want to think in the immediate recruitment of potential witnesses. Start re- there. While the real estate agent. Now, that individual's been contacted to come in for fingerprinting.
2: <laughs> all those potential buyers moving in and out, can you imagine how much DNA, how many fingerprints are all over everything?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, again, Toronto Police don't want to say why they can't discuss these, uh, this laxity in interviewing potentially key witnesses. My my question to you, and uh, you know, we'll try to update the file, certainly as Chief Saunders has more to say on in response to uh, what Brian Greenspan said at a press conference earlier this afternoon, $10 million reward, uh, you know, sort of a veiled condemnation of the Toronto Police Service, should heads roll. Do you think there are some folks for whom this ought to be uh, a firing offense? I mean, you're just not doing your jobs, or you're not competent in this regard. Is that too critical or is that about fair a fair assessment in this way and we'll flush out whatever more comes down the pipe as far as well pipe is the wrong word because that's of course the type of bomb it was meant to be although uh there's no verification that any of these things was capable of exploding but that may not be the point it's uh, merely to send a, se- a signal and to terrorize and the question is uh whether now this will read down against trump And the Republicans in the midterms a matter of 11 days out. Some people were seeing this as being the M.O., or again, you know, in the old Roman expression in law, qui bono, who benefits, and uh, conspiracy theorists found it fertile ground to suspect it may have been a false flag operation. Can't speak to that, just uh, to the matter that this guy was caught, or the alleged perp was caught, uh, and now I want to talk about one who wasn't. And that has to do with the Sherman case and whether the Toronto Police Service dropped the ball. What is your assessment? Eight seven 6400 We'll take some calls. Conrad Black is going to join us, as he does every Friday at the bottom of the hour shortly. And uh, we'll discuss after 20 years of the National Post, which is a fine newspaper Conrad founded. He explains in a column in that paper tomorrow why he did so. And uh, in a way, too, that's a condemnation of much of the mainstream media.